Ghoul Afternoon. It's September 9th, which means it's time for another episode of Spooktember, a daily Halloween prep podcast in which I, a person who didn't get to enjoy Halloween last year, gets ready for Halloween every single day of September. I think today we're going to do a guest episode because, well, I work weekends, and uh, one way I stay awake driving overnight on weekends is to sing a lot, so my voice is fried, as you can tell right now. So today I'm going to hand it over to the amazing Katie Yeomans to tell you about something incredibly fall-themed, and I think it's one of the most perfect segues into the Halloween season I have ever heard, so let's get to that. Hi, Gavin, and hello, fellow Spook Day preppers. Halloween is coming closer every day, and I know a lot of the focus is on the costumes, the decorations, and the treats for the big night. But for me, a big part of the season leading up to the best holiday of the year, objectively speaking, involves something else that calls for costumes, decorations, and treats. If you've ever been within a four-hour drive of the D.C. area between August and October, and if you are a big old nerd like me, you've probably heard about the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Okay, so this is a pretty local grab, and I'm going to miss a lot of you with it, but try and stick with me. If you ever plan a trip out my way during this time of year, you're gonna want to have this info ready. Or maybe it'll come up in pub trivia one night, and you can look very prepared and knowledgeable in front of that cute friend you've been trying to impress. Or in front of your nemesis you've been trying to crush. You do you, friend! The Maryland Renfest has been part of my welcoming in of fall since my sophomore year of college in 2009. Some years I'll go three or four times, and every time I've got a dress for the occasion. I don't have a lot of other fairs to compare, but people here go hard. You'll always see a ton of fairgoers in outrageously impressive garb, to the point where you have to double check to make sure they're not employees. I've seen guys in full plate mail. I've seen people in barbarian outfits of leather armor and pelts that would make any LARPer envious. And I've seen... Power Rangers, and Princess Leia, and a sexy TARDIS, and Deadpool, because, of course. Part of what I love about this fair is the spirit everyone approaches it with. There's such a willingness to participate, to add your own bit to the experience, that makes it feel more immersive and welcoming and, well, more like a festival. One time, I remember coming across some attendees dressed like plague doctors, long beaked masks and all. One of them handed me a little wooden token of a rat on a cord with a slip of paper attached. The paper said, Congratulations! You have the plague! And some fun facts about the bubonic plague. As fun as plague facts can be, anyway. And instructions to go find death to battle for my soul. Battling death turned out to involve a tiny travel game of Connect Four, which I lost terribly. So, I guess I died of the plague, and now I'm a ghost, speaking to you from the great beyond. It's just as stressful here as it is in your plane of existence. Sorry about that. (laughs) And now, because we ghosts are very into primary sources, Let me give you a few facts about the Maryland Renaissance Fair that I shamelessly stole from their page. 
The Maryland Renaissance Festival is a Renaissance fair located in Crownsville, Maryland. Set in a fictional 16th century English village named Revel Grove, the festival is spread over 27 acres, 110,000 miles squared. The second largest Renaissance fair in the United States, it is open from the last weekend of August and runs for nine weekends. There are more than 130 craft shops and 42 food outlets. Part of what I like is that the village is a permanently standing structure, so it isn't taken down and put back up every year, which means they can get more elaborate and intricate without having to pay to redo for everything every season. If you have a minute, look up some pictures online. This place is gorgeous. But let me talk real quick about the food situation, because yes, it's got the foods you would expect from a fair. Various meats on sticks, fries, snowballs, though these are served in halved orange peels, which are both adorable and a little gentler on the environment than plastic. And it's got the infamous turkey legs, though those are pretty underwhelming and I recommend you skip them. They've also got things like fried green beans with peanut coconut curry sauce scotch eggs, and crab cakes. If you've never gotten a little mead drunk in the woods in full costume while having crab cakes, please, I beg of you, treat yourself. If you're more of a shows and entertainment person than a foodie, then don't give up on me yet. Throughout those 27 acres of fair are 10 stages where there's always some kind of show. Historical weapon demonstrations, dancing, juggling, barely period-appropriate stand-up dunking on modern-day politics and problems Shakespeare would approve. And a little Shakespeare. If you're too busy running around to see everything else that are at the fair, there are a couple of wandering packs of troubadours who might accost you with sonnets, which might not be everyone's jam, but personally, I love a good sonnet accostment. Accosting? Please sonnet at me, people. That is what I am saying here. If you're a sucker for a good theme, the Renfest also does theme weekends. Pirate Weekend, which is exactly what you think it is. Romance Weekend, where there's a ceremony for couples to renew their vows if they'd like. And Celtic Weekend, with special performers invited to provide Celtic music and dancing. They also have ASL interpreters one weekend to make the performances as accessible as possible. A Quick accessibility note though. I am a physically abled person, and while I have seen people at the fair with canes or wheelchairs, it is not a super chair friendly area. You're in the woods, and the ground is uneven with tree roots. I wish this weren't the case, but if you do use a chair, this is a heads up that your arms are probably going to be extremely tired by the end of the day from navigating the lumps and bumps everywhere. But if you're ever in the area, and you have $20 to spare for admission, and you'd like to join me and about 15,800 other people, based on their average attendance rates, in my favorite part of the almost Halloween season, running around Revel Grove in full costume with a mug of mead and avoiding eye contact with that one caterpillar mime clown guy they have wandering around every year, you should come by. I recommend it. 
That was the fantastic Katie Yeomans, who you can find on Twitter at K-A-T-E-R-Y-O-U-M-A-N-S. Katie is one third of Hug House Productions, which is a new uh, audio drama prediction company that is awesome. And I don't know why I just pronounced production like that. I'm going to leave it in. Links in the show notes as usual. And if you would like to support the show, please feel free to take a second to subscribe to Spook Timber on any podcatching app of your choice, be it Radio Public, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, whatever floats your boat, your subscription really helps. And I think that's a perfect place to end the show. Thank you so much for coming along and sharing these almost nine minutes of your day with us. And I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. But until then, keep it real. Keep it scary.